Some of you know, but I grew up on Vancouver Island, and I'm not a fan of the rain or getting wet, and yet happen to live in a rainforest here in BC. But anyway, I do actually enjoy a good storm. In fact, I remember in my early young adult years going with my friend Floyd to the beach in the middle of a huge summer storm, one of my favorites. We pulled up along the shoreline and sat in the car facing the ocean. The windshield wipers going like crazy as fast as they could. The sky was dark. The waves were massive and the white water was crashing up on the beach, tossing logs here and there. And there we sat, mesmerized by the storm. The wind was nudging against the car and and the rain was pounding hard and the waves were crashing all around. Well, We were there by choice. But often I think you and I find ourselves in chaotic storms and crazy storms in our lives. We don't choose to be there, and yet we find ourselves in them, caught up in the storms, trying to navigate the swells of the circumstances that are coming around us, the sudden onslaught of unexpected chaos that we can find ourselves in. Perhaps it's the unwelcome news of an illness or a job loss, or worse yet, the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a financial burden that we didn't see coming or some legal issues we're we're facing. Perhaps it's a strained marriage or relationship, something that just seems so far gone. Perhaps it's pressures from school or just life in general. And for some, perhaps it's the chaos that has been brought on by others and their choices and how they've impacted your life. Or maybe... Just maybe, it's the waves of depression or anxiety that have robbed you of living your days with any sense of purpose or hope. We all find ourselves in storms. Well, today we're going to continue in our series called Encounters with Jesus. There are moments people have had their lives or situations cross paths with Jesus. And in our story today, we're going to find out what it's like to be in the middle of the storm. And while you may be familiar with this iconic story, and even Hollywood has tried to replicate it many times over in movies like Bruce Almighty and many others, my hope is today that you and I can discover what God has for us in the moments we find ourselves in, from the boat to the storm and the journey that unfolds when Jesus meets us there. You see, Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000 He's been teaching the crowds, but he has also just learned that his cousin and his dearest friend, John the Baptist, has just been killed. He is tired. He is grieving. He has gone from speaking and feeding thousands, performing miracles. He's grieving, and he's been followed by crowds, and all he wants is some time alone. So let's read the story found in Matthew chapter 14. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. 
Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I think naturally we tend to see the miracle in this story being Peter walking on water. And it should be of no surprise that Jesus himself could do such a thing. But that Peter joined him is usually the miracle that we focus on in this story. This story we're often told is that we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus in our storms. That we need to stay focused on him or our faith will wane. And like Peter, will begin to drown. That somehow our ability to stay atop of life situations is somehow contingent on our ability to have enough faith, faith enough to walk on water and keep our eyes on him. Well, that is not the story I want you to hear today. In fact, it's not, I'm not even sure that's actually the point of this story. Peter was actually challenging Jesus. He was looking for proof that this wasn't a ghost on the water. He says, if it is you, Peter says. Now, he doesn't say this with confidence, but with the same inference as one who is challenging another. If it's you, you see, Peter wasn't satisfied with Jesus saying, it is I, don't be afraid. No, Peter takes it a step further. In fact, one would think by now when Jesus says, hey guys, it's me, don't be afraid, they'd be like, oh good, Whew. yeah, we know that dude. But no, not Peter. He has to push the boundaries and actually test it out himself. Reality is, you and I are not intended to walk on water. And if we try, with certainty, I can tell you, your head will go under the water. <laughs> you see, Peter steps out. He looks at Jesus. He gets distracted by the wind. And then he freaks out. And with that, he begins to sink. And he calls out, Lord, save me. Is what happens next that I think takes us to the power of this encounter with Jesus and what this story is really about. You see, Jesus reaches out and grabs Peter. He says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? See, I'm not sure that Jesus' words were simply because Peter began to sink. In fact, I'd like to suggest to you that perhaps it was the lack of faith that Peter had while he was still in the boat. How many times do you and I find ourselves in situations and we struggle to find God in the journey? We become uncertain. Maybe we've seen his faithfulness before, but, but then in the storm of life, it gets too big and we start to doubt. We start to get unsure of God's faithfulness, his ability to show up and to help. We begin to question if he's really there, if he's really walking with us. We start to doubt and ask, is that really you? Are you really there? We start to question his presence when it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. So how can you see Jesus in your circumstance? Maybe it's been the peace that you've experienced in a moment of uncertainty. 
Perhaps in your life, Jesus has shown up by the kindness of others who've reached out to you. Maybe your encounter with Jesus has been a provision that came in the 11th hour or when you've had a door suddenly open and a new way opened up, presented itself before you. Or maybe you found Jesus' grace in your journey when a door suddenly closed in front of you and it somehow redirected your path to a new journey you didn't expect. And there you find something far greater that you never anticipated. You see, the point of this story is that Jesus stays with us. It doesn't matter if you're one of the 11 who stayed in the boat or you're the one who stepped out of the boat. Jesus comes to us. He meets us where we're at. He is with those who stayed in the boat and spoke calm to the storm just as much as he is with Peter when he reached out to rescue him. You see, Jesus' presence and power are the key to this story, not whether we are bold and courageous or even impressive with our faith. This story is actually meant to reveal who Jesus is. But that revelation is only possible in the midst of the chaos. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit, chaos has a funny way of grabbing our attention and our desperate need for God in our situation. And I am certain that there are many of you here in this room today who have experienced chaos in your life. And this message is for you, as much as it is for me. It's a call to be awakened to his presence in our lives, to be awakened to who is in the boat with us and who is walking alongside us. I love how Barbara Brown Taylor in a sermon says it. She says, if there is a miracle worth savoring in the story, then maybe it's, then it's maybe not that Jesus could walk on water, and the miracle is not that Peter managed that same trick for a moment or two. No, the miracle is that when it was all said and done, while a soggy and chagrined Peter sputtered seawater out of his lungs, and the boat continued to bob around in the dead of the dark night, somewhere in the midst of those humble surroundings, way out there in the middle of nowhere, the disciples realized that no one less than God's own son was sitting in front of them. So they worshipped him. They believed. You see, God shows up. That's what he does. The question is, do you and I have eyes to see? Do we have faith to believe and a willingness to hold on to hope that God's own presence will find us, will come to us, and be with us in the midst of it all? You see, it was the wind that distracted Peter. And for you and I, it is often the circumstances of life that cause us to falter and sometimes misstep along the way. Yet Peter was brave to step out of the boat, 100%. But many of us are like the 11, and we're still in the boat, distracted by the situations that surround us. This story is meant to reveal who Jesus is. But that revelation, like I said, is only possible in the midst of the chaos. So I hear that, and I'm going to admit, that's really hard. (laughs) I don't want to welcome chaos into my life. And yet, Jesus' revelation is only possible in the midst of that chaos. And in fact, this is a foreshadowing of what's ahead for Jesus' own death and crucifixion. 
Out of chaos comes presence. In the beginning of the story, Jesus is actually on the shore with his disciples, and he's the one who tells them, get in the boat. In fact, it was a directive in verse 22. He says, he made them get into the boat. Sometimes Jesus asks us to do something, to step into something, and he knows how desperately we're going to need him in the journey. Life is not all smooth sailing. This is not the first physical storm these men have been in with Jesus. In fact, a few chapters earlier in Matthew chapter 8, I want to read to you the first storm that these gentlemen are in with Jesus. And it says, Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of a man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of a man is this? They're still not sure. They're asking. So they knew in the last storm that Jesus was with them in the boat, and he calmed the storm. But now, Jesus is on the outside of the boat, and once again, they are about to see him calm the wind and the waves. But first, Jesus gets into the boat with them. I want to share with you about my friend Connie. She's been a pastor in our life. She's a friend. She's a public speaker. This is Connie here. She lives in Alberta. And I actually asked her permission to share this, and I think it perfectly illustrates what it means when someone comes towards us. She says, I remember a time I drank myself to sleep for a year. We were going through a really hard time, and and during this time, I felt such despair and shame. Connie says, I didn't wake up one day thinking that becoming an addict or, or being addicted to alcohol would be fun. No, not at all. She goes, I love what Dr. Gabor Mate says. It's not why the addiction, it's why the pain. I remember calling up a friend to, to get help because I knew this wasn't right. She wasn't a safe place. She made me feel ashamed, like something was wrong with me. I got off the phone with her, and I drank that night more than usual. Six months later, I got the guts to call another friend, and this is what she said. Connie, you have forgotten who you are. You've forgotten that you are a warrior and that you are courageous. I'm grabbing you by the hand, getting down in the muck with you, and not letting you go till you get through this. She goes on to say, guess who hasn't drank herself to sleep since? Connie says, you never know what someone is struggling with. Reach out and be that hand. You see, Jesus didn't go out of his way to ask Peter to step out of the boat. Rather, it was Peter who said to Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. Let's be honest, how many times do you and I challenge God in our lives? Do we want to step out and see if it's really him? 
I've always thought this passage to be about bravery and courage, about the ability to step out of the boat in the storm. How, how heroic, <laughs> when in fact it's actually quite the opposite. Peter doubted. Is it really you? How many times do you and I do the same thing? We're doubt. We have doubt. We're uncertain. God, if it's really you, give me a sign. God, if it's really you, can you do this or can you do that? So Jesus said, okay, come on, Peter. (laughs) Well, you and I all have encounters with Jesus at some point in our lives. And sometimes it's in the unlikeliest of places. Could be in nature, or in this instance, in a storm, or even in a boat. You see, Peter wasn't the only one who encountered Jesus that night. The men in the boat did as well. They were afraid. The storm and the whim distracted them. And yet Jesus came to them. Sometimes I think we feel like we're told that we need to step out of the boat and have faith, to just push past it, just keep going. Where's your faith? But you see, these men, they actually stayed in the boat, and Jesus came to them. I need to be reminded today that even in my storms, even in the moments that I am overwhelmed or fearful, that I am is near, that he is with us, and that he comes to us. Sometimes we feel that we need to have it all figured out, to be cleaned up and tidy before we come to God. Not so. Even in this moment, Peter is actually challenging Jesus. He's using the same phrase that Satan challenged Jesus with and the the Pharisees challenged Jesus with. He said, who are you? (laughs) If that's who you are, then prove it. He's actually asking Jesus to prove that he's not a ghost. If If you're really Jesus, then you know what? You need to tell me to come. Well, we've often been told that Peter had such enormous faith to step out of the boat. And while I think that's partially true, he was actually testing Jesus. He was being defiant in more ways than one. First, it's not natural to walk on water. And second, he challenged Jesus, if it's really you, ask me to come. I think if we're honest... What was Jesus supposed to say? Hey, Peter, it's really me, but you know what? Just forget about it. Just stay there. Just don't worry about it. Hey, Peter, it's me, but you know what? Yeah, I don't want you to come. Just just stay in the boat. Peter challenged Jesus. So Jesus obliged. Okay, come. And Peter did. He stepped out of his comfort zone and into the sea. He walked on water, and then, like had previously been the case, he was distracted by the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. And I think the biggest act of faith here in this story is what happened next. It's not that Peter walked on the water, as miraculous as that is, but it's that Peter called out, Save me. It's here we see Jesus reach out, and grab him. To me, this is the miracle. It's in this moment that Peter knew he could call on Jesus and he would be there. Jesus told him he had little faith, not because he called out for help, but because he doubted Jesus in the first place, and now he really needed Jesus' help. He really needed, I am, do not be afraid to show up. Peter knew he could ask for help. 
So before I share this next personal story, I just want to acknowledge that it may be a trigger for some people as it does reference suicide. And I just want to respect that I know that that's not easy for many. And if you are here today and you are struggling, I want to ask you to reach out for help and to know that you are not alone. I was 13 years old when I was really struggling. I felt lost, alone, and uncertain. I was raised to know that God was always there. And I will be honest that some of my theological impressions on that age were not accurate, and I put far too much pressure on myself to be this super faith-filled, believing Christian who wasn't allowed to do anything wrong for fear of hell or having God's disappointed, God being disappointed in me. That's a big thing to say. <laughs> well, I've had to do a lot of work over the years to redefine that in my life and to find healing, to know that God is actually not angry with me. But at 13, I found myself feeling like I didn't matter, that no one cared. And as I battled through my darkness, I wanted it all to end. I was home alone. I had gone to the medicine cabinet and taken a large dose of painkillers and pills that I was unfamiliar with. I then headed to the kitchen and I picked up a knife. What unfolded next changed my life. In that moment of running the knife on my body, I broke into tears and I called out to Jesus. I didn't know what to do. I figured no one would miss me. Why do this anymore? And in that moment, I called out his name and I broke into tears. And I'm not sure how to explain this to you other than to say what happened next was a very real moment for me. There in our kitchen, a battle unfolded. On one side of me was the enemy. Shame, lies, doubt, hurt, insecurities, pain all came flooding at me. And then on the other side of me was Jesus. Just standing there. I cried out saying, help me. And as I cried out, I saw Jesus reach his hand out towards me. And I actually heard these words. Michelle, I've come as far as I can. It's up to you now. And in that moment, I lunged towards Jesus. My doubt, my fears, my insecurities, my pain, all of my imperfections. I grabbed a hold of his hand, and I can tell you that to this day, I have never let go you see, I kind of feel like I'm a lot like Peter in this moment. Flawed, uncertain, fearful, some doubt, imperfect. And yet I called out, save me. You see, he did. Now, it did not instantly remove all of those things in my life, <laughs> but it gave me something and someone to hold on to. It bolstered my faith to know in the midst of my darkest storm, he was there, and all I had to do was ask. All I had to do was hold on. You see, Jesus came towards me. He met me where I was. Jesus came to Peter. He met Peter where he was. 
sinking in the sea. Jesus came to the men in the boat, fearful in the midst of the storm. He actually made his way towards them, and then he got in the boat with them. But hear this. Jesus didn't calm the storm until he got in the boat with them. Jesus is making his way towards you. He's making his way towards us. Sometimes we do need to step out and test the waters. Other times we need to be confident in our ability to simply ask the one who controls the wind and the waves and believe that he is actually going to show up in our lives. Jesus doesn't just wait for us to come to him. He also approaches us and he draws near. He says, I am. Do not be afraid. We too are given opportunities to surrender, to relinquish our way of doing things and to recognize that maybe, just maybe, God has another way to guide us through some of the storms to give us reprieve from the chaos that's surrounding us. Nadia Boltz Weber is a minister in the United States, and I love a lot of what she writes. And she says this, she asks this question. She says, what happens on either side of Peter's short little water walk? (laughs) She said, Jesus comes toward him. Yet we seem to always focus on Peter walking towards Jesus when the whole story is about how much Jesus walks towards them, reaches towards them, and even gets in the boat with them. The truth of the story is that my abundance of faith or lack of faith does not deter God from drawing close. That even if you are scared to death, you can say, Lord, save me, and the hand of God will find you even in the darkest waters. He walks towards you saying, it is I, do not be afraid. And God reaches down when you call his name. It's easy to become fearful and to lose faith, especially when we're tired, we're frustrated, or we feel alone. Jesus didn't remove the disciples from the storm. (laughs) He actually met them in the storm And then he spoke to the circumstances. He knew how to intervene and never took his eyes off of his disciples. Rather, he came to them and calmed the storm. Jesus has not taken his eyes off of you, and he is walking towards you today. It was in that moment that this encounter with Jesus actually comes to a beautiful fullness. It was once Jesus was back in the boat with them, The wind died down, and it instantly transported all of these disciples back to the last time Jesus spoke. And you remember what they asked? Who is this man? And now they were all amazed, and they encountered him in a new level of fullness, because now they fully grasped exactly who they were with. They realized he truly was the Son of God, and they worshipped him. The first time, who is this man? And now, 
This really is the Son of God. And they worshipped him. This moment changed everything. Encounters with Jesus leave you and I changed. I want to leave us with this today. Whose hand are you looking for? Are you willing to call out to him, save me and grab a hold? Maybe you're in the boat and, and things are pretty chaotic right now. Maybe you need to pay attention to see how Jesus is stepping into the chaos with you. Maybe you're living in the calm of his presence and you're in your storm right now because you've called out for help and you actually have recognized that he's come towards you. Or maybe today you need to be the one reaching out to someone, offering hope in your hand to help them find a way out of their brokenness. The reach of a hand can change everything. Jesus walks towards us. He is coming towards you today. And it's up to you to choose to embrace that encounter and to allow him to be with you in the storm and to guide you through. I pray today that you and I can be awakened to his presence walking towards you and I in our situations and that you grab a hold of his hand because he is offering it to you today. Amen.